If you're ready to feel like your best self, you have some room for improvement in your health, or you're looking to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness, then welcome to the Empire Wellness Podcast. Listen in to your host and renowned wellness expert, Charlene Lawrence, as she shows you how to build your internal and external wellness empire. Charlene is a licensed acupuncturist, certified hypnotherapist, and master of traditional Chinese medicine. She'll introduce you to the solutions that have yet to be on your radar. Now here's your host, Charlene Lawrence. Welcome back, wellness warriors. I'm Charlene Lawrence, your wellness expert. I am the chief executive acupuncturist at Empire Wellness Center, and I'm the founder of the Hypnopuncture Method, combining the powerful tool of hypnosis with the amazing healing power of acupuncture. I am so grateful to have you on this journey with me to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. It is my mission to educate so you can improve and together we can empower, inspire, and grow. Let's dive right in. Irina Strunina was born and raised in Russia and is a master of sports and trained with the Olympic Reserve cross-country skiing team. She graduated from the Academy of Trade in St. Petersburg, and she started her career managing retail. Then she served as the director of a medical scientific research center before moving to Atlanta in 1995. After experiencing firsthand the devastating results that diabetes can bring to a family, Irina is spending most of her time advocating for a healthier lifestyle, working with the Atlanta Diabetes Association, and educating her customers about nutrition and food choices. Irina uses her passion for health and nutrition, experience in sports, expertise in food retail and cooking to guide and serve her customers, helping them to find their individualized paths to better health. Irina is certified in nutrition for heart disease and diabetes. She is also a contributor to the recent Amazon number one best-selling book, Ready to Rise, 62 Ways You and Your Business Can Thrive and Grow During Challenging Times. Before we get to Irina, if you're ready to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness, jump on over to empirewellnesscenter.com slash podcast and click on the link to book your complimentary assessment with me. During that time, we will explore your history and investigate individualized wellness options. If you find this episode helpful, I'd love for you to share it with someone who can appreciate it too. Now on to the show. Hi, Irina. Hello, Charlene. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. Well, I am really excited to have this conversation because I feel like you're such an expert in an area that is so needed right now. So before we dive into your journey, I want to know, what does wellness mean to you? That's a good question. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Well, to me, wellness is a complex, has a complex meaning. It's not only related to your health, but it also related to your well-being all around when you are feeling accomplished more or less in certain areas when you are satisfied with 
what you are doing when you're mentally not in panicking you are operating on your plan and yes and when you feel well as well because i also believe that uh, people who do not feel well they couldn't be happy but happiness is another definition of wellness in my opinion in my dictionary <laughs> yeah Oh, I hear something to this effect a lot when I ask this question, but I love how you related it back to happiness. And yes, we can't, we really have a hard time being happy when we're not feeling well. When it hurts, it's hard to be happy. Yeah. Well, great. Let's start diving into your wellness journey because I know you were just sharing with me it starts a while back when you were young and then you kind of got hit with a whole different ton of bricks later on in life. So let's start listening to what your wellness journey, where it starts and where it is now. All right. Uh, well, wellness journey uh, or being happy is actually start, definitely started a long time ago. I was born in uh, St. Petersburg, Russia. It was Soviet Union. And uh, I, I, can, I think St. Petersburg is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So I agree. I, I have been there and it is gorgeous. Yes. So I was fortunate and um, was raised there. And somehow, I don't know how, but I was not a very healthy child when I was a child. Um, I practically every year I had a pneumonia. I was not very, very well in terms of digestive uh, system. So my parents were always looking for some ways to involve me in some physical activities, um, hoping that that will help my body to build up the strength and to become much healthier this way. And I think they succeeded on that because eventually when I was 11 years old, I um, started practicing with the cross-country skiing team. And uh, that's become my passion and something that I've done for 11 years, uh, eventually becoming semi-professional skier. And when you are competing, you really are paying attention to what is going on with your body. I was, um, I, I had big goals. They didn't happen to become um, the, the reality, but I had big goals in my career, athletic career. So uh, the this helped me to, knowing what is going on with my body helped me to to continue doing what I'm doing. So I was learning a lot of different uh, different information about the nutrition, about the different aspects of training systems and how that may help. So that was my journey back then. And um, later, after I already was finished with the active sport, active competing it was actually funny because i was so terrified about the situation that often happens to athletes when they finish their athletic 
active uh, involvement in athletic uh, training and activities, the body continues to consume the same amount of energy or well, food probably, but if you don't burn that, you are really becoming quite big. And I was very afraid of that. So knowing about this, I filled up my calendar with all sorts of different activities, including, you know, swimming and dancing, aerobics, everything was there. I would not take public transportation. I will walk to my places where I could. Well, of course, I wouldn't swim across the river, but if I could run through there, I would run. I was wearing sneakers and the backpack back then. And in the winters in St. Petersburg, that's chilly. I had good shoes for it. I could do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, and I was also skiing. So that, uh, that also in the winter was helping. So I actually, I think, I believe I become in a better athletic shape than uh, when I was competing. At least I was able finally to do the split that I never was able to do. <laughs> and, uh, but then when I uh, met my husband, well, not husband yet, but when I moved to United States and got married to my husband, um, I suddenly become exposed to the way how American business is going. Uh, he was an entrepreneur, solopreneur, and he was actually very successful in what he was doing. So he, because of this, he'd been traveling a lot. He'd been always on the road. He was always um, on the plane, somewhere in a meeting, teaching somebody, consulting somewhere. And it was not only United States, it was all over the globe. But, you know, there were situations when he would be Coming from Middle East, we meet, I'm in Atlanta, we are in Atlanta, it's a big airport we have here. So we will meet in airport, swap the bags, and he'll continue his travel to, say, California somewhere. So the schedule was tough, but eventually that uh, tough lifestyle started taking toll on, on my husband, and uh, he was diagnosed with diabetes, and that was not a very calming diagnosis. And um, I wanted everybody to know that diabetes is not a disease that you could quietly be sick with. It affects all your family, everybody who is around you. So when somebody is getting sick with that, it is affecting the life of their spouses, the life of their kids, the life of their parents. Uh, well, parents may be not that close because very rarely they live with you, but if the ones who are in your household and your friends who you meet often with. So, so share a little bit more about that. So share more about how the, the people living in your household you and your kids, I don't know if you have kids, um, were affected by your husband's diabetes diagnosis? Well, first of all, the way how he got diagnosed, it was pretty scary experience in the first place because he actually got admitted to ER being in California while I am with the babies, literally nursing, uh, 
in Atlanta, in Atlanta. So I couldn't go there and do anything across the country with two young children. And um, he'd been there uh, by himself. Well, we have friends who live there. So they were visiting him there. So, but this is not what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he came back, finally, after 17 days being in intensive care unit, Oh my goodness. Uh, he was like, it was half of a man. He was really, he lost a lot of weight. He was not very strong. He was very weak, as a matter of fact. And that really affected our family in such a way that, first of all, I'm not worried that much about the diet because we were cooking at home all the time, anyways. We were not this takeaway family we were primarily cooking in the house but the fact that um he was not strong enough to participate in certain activities that we used to uh to do even with young kids you know kayaking and biking and all this eventually he built up that to to the same strength but right away it was pretty challenging but how it affecting everyone if diabetes is not being controlled, and in our case, it was not very well controlled because he was believing that, uh, well, he wouldn't believe that this is happening, literally. And he felt that he can overcome it by just strong will, and he was a very strong-willed man. And um, he started doing some... um, tai chi exercises and doing some uh, yoga exercise so he was working on on himself and for a while it was helping but because he didn't want to give up everything well maybe not give up but replace or minimize everything that he loved to do and to eat um, just the wheel and exercises wouldn't work mm. So we periodically had situations when he just cannot do something or doesn't feel well and we are on a trip and suddenly we have, everybody have to slow down and, and really hope and pray that everything will turn out okay because you never know. And so this is one thing. Another thing wasn't that big deal to us, but when you go to meet somebody when you go for a dinner with someone and you have to carry with yourself all those test trips and all this and if people are aware of your problem and they are looking at what you eat it's not relaxing friendly conversation and situation Mm -hmm. and he was getting irritated and people are getting worried and this all was kind of like very intense situation periodically so and then if uh, diabetes is not under control, then unfortunately it starts taking toll on the body. I am talking eyes. I'm talking about kidneys. I'm also talking about the nerve system. And mm-hmm. uh, in a few years, my husband, who we were very, all my relatives in Russia were in- extremely impressed with the way how he would handle the some stressful situations how he would 
focus and find the solution and make things happen and things like that. And that happens, you know, when you travel, when you are, uh, just live your life. And suddenly he become extremely irritable person. So um, a lot of things would be making him angry. Well, a lot of things will be annoying him. And when somebody that intense it also takes toll on kids. It also takes toll on, on spouses. And periodically we had my mother living with us, helping with kids, and she does not speak English. So she only sees the anger and she couldn't understand what, what's going on. So she would be nervous. So it's kind of, I mean, I mean that it's not like damaging situation, but it's affecting everybody's life. So that's what I mean by that. So that makes a lot of sense, Irina. Now, what happened after he arrived back home from California after spending 17 days in the ICU and your home with a nursing baby and it sounds like another small child? What happened from there? Well, from there, this L actually happened in 2003. This was the when the e-bubble burst. And that was not a good situation. He was uh, working with the internet networking companies and uh, they a lot of them actually went out of business, big companies. And a lot of them started really being very self-sufficient, so they didn't need outside consultants, outside uh, workforce. So he had to do something about it. Fortunately, in 1996, he wrote a book about security. So because it was shortly after the 911, he was very much in demand by many different companies because he was an expert on security and he was st he started picking up business little by little little by little and eventually he actually came back to more or less normal life uh but we were living at home it's kind of we didn't have the the quarantine but he was able to work through the telephone and meetings online and things like that so as I said, fortunately, we were able to, to manage it this way, but uh, the more successful he was becoming, the more often people wanted him on site and he started traveling again. And when he started traveling again, his schedule came back to the similar when he would call, well, we would have this routine, call me in the morning, wake me up. I'm calling him in the morning to wake him up. He would say, where am I? because all Marriott hotels, they look the same. If it's Paris or it's Boston or it's Los Angeles or it's, a, you know, any place, it's the same. So he was like, oh, okay, I'm in Boston, thank you. So that kind of schedule is not contributing very much to the health. And when, especially when somebody still believes that uh, medicine is, evil and uh, pharmaceutical companies are trying to make money which in some way it is but when you have everything else 
still kind of in the area not really well regulated because of your schedule that is hard to regulate. Um, medicine actually supports your, uh, your condition. So eventually his immune system was weakening up, weakening up, weakening up. And then one of the winters he contracted flu and that flu hit him extremely hard. And um, his kidneys gave up and he was put on the kidney transplant list. And, um, and he was on dialysis and all this, it was not fun. But even with that condition, he still was able to pull up events, big events uh, in, in, our, in our area. And uh, the governor actually sent to him on his last event, governor sent an, an, a special certificate or however you call this paper to read out loud for the uh, accomplishments. And we had this special recognition in the, you know, in the news in the state. But um, 25 days after this event, he passed away. Wow, less than a month of getting the flu. No, no, no. Flu, it took a year and a half from the flu. Okay. So we gradually were going, it was going worse and worse and worse and worse. And when the kidneys got affected, the whole systems got so shaken that one organ after another started failing. So it took a year and a half. And, uh, and then it was just like very quick. He was an event on stage, 11 hours on stage with the mic operating and doing all that. And then 25 days, he's not anywhere. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure that put a tremendous strain on his body. And how often was he having to do dialysis? Uh, we did it daily, twice a day. Oh, my Lord. Two times a day, the dialysis. Well, Yes, the thing is that there are two kinds of uh, dialysis. You can do it at home or you can go to special center. Uh, we were able to uh, manage it at home. He didn't have to go to center and it takes less time. And it's uh, when you put it in your schedule, it, it, it's manageable. Um, so that's... That's the one. I've never heard of that home type of dialysis. I only knew about the ones at the dialysis center. Mm -hmm. And I know many times for people who are on dialysis going to the centers, the more frequently have to they frequently they have to go, the worse the condition is. Yes. yes. So yes. wow. So what did what were you doing during all of this time that he was managing or not managing his diabetes well as i said diabetes is a it's a team sport so i've been a support team behind the business behind the person and when uh unfortunately he got into the situation with his kidneys i was really a caretaker because it's hard to do this dialysis by yourself so somebody has to help you out um but then because he was becoming weaker and weaker, he, I had to um, make sure that what he eats is something that his body can take. Because when you have several conflicting diagnoses in your body, 
there is very few things that you can eat that will not hurt one organ or another. That's uh, something that I had to learn also. And um, with all the time, I've been manager um, for the office anyways. I've been doing a lot of uh, office-related activities that needed, you know, like travel arrangements and uh, bookkeeping and different kind of contract interaction with, with customers. So that's something that I've been doing. And then my job become taking care of him and uh, picking up some jobs on the side because we had to pay the bills. We still had, <laughs> had all these responsibilities as well. So that's the thing. And with the kids, I, I know that one thing that talking about the whole family is affected because I had to take, I had to take care of him. I couldn't let my partner, my, my husband, my friend to, to, to struggle through this by himself. Somebody had to be getting less attention. So my kids become sort of abandoned and they, you know, it's already five years since they still kind of, reminding me that when dad becomes sick you got so much involved with taking care of him that we become on our own and we were just young kids do you remember that i do remember that mm -hmm. but at that moment i really wasn't i thought that they were okay i thought that they were doing more or less okay they you know this is silly we judge how they are doing by the grades in school Grades were okay. They were sliding down, but they were still okay. They were still uh, doing some activities at school and having friends and meeting with friends and things like this. And uh, But later on, I learned that this is the time when it was very painful for them as well. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what is going on. They didn't know what will happen. Um, and that for teenagers is a very difficult situation when you really don't know what will happen. They couldn't expect, couldn't imagine themselves how the losing parents to death. They, they, they had a lot of classmates who had divorced parents. Some of them were actually pretty optimistic about it. Those classmates like... Before I had just one pair of parents. Now I have two pairs of parents, which means I have four different gifts for Christmas from because they're grandparents too. So this is like uh, not exactly the best situation, but with that they were familiar, but they didn't have anybody whose parents passed away. So that was not anywhere in understanding. And um, and that's that's something that really didn't, play very well with them after his passing. Well, I'm really impressed that they're even willing to bring that up with you now. And I feel like at least you did something in raising them right to voice their opinion that, hey, mom, you kind of left us hanging all that time. And um, hopefully you are all trying to repair <laughs> the life of virtual living. <laughs> apologies that's totally fine um but 
I'm like I said, I'm I'm hoping that you guys are able to repair and hopefully get back some of that time and that they're able to understand too where you were coming from in trying to assist their father. So let's start talking about now with it sounds like you did a bunch of research back when your husband um, was diagnosed and what to do. You already had the good lifestyle of cooking at home and not ordering takeout all the time, but you really dove into that research and now you've turned it into a business helping others navigate this path of living with diabetes. So when did you start doing that and what kind of drove you to be that guide for people? Well, obviously, I, it took some time for me. I, um, I do remember that in the hospital when we were saying goodbyes, uh, one thought really crossed my mind that I don't want anybody to experience that. And uh, at that time, I was thinking about my kids because we had to make a decision to turn off the uh, the ventilators and all, all these uh, machines. Uh, and um, I do, as I said, I remember thinking that I don't want my kids to make these decisions. I don't want my kids to, if anything like this happens to me, to to make those decisions, to experience that, to even like be near situation like that. And that was my thought back then. And uh, it took for me some time to actually start seeing the world because it's, I, I remember that was period of time when you just live in the fog, you, you function, you do things, but ask me about events in the six months after that, I, realize now that many of them I don't remember. I, I, I've been told that I've been there, but I don't remember how did it go, what did we do, what did I say, nothing like this. So fortunately, as I said, I was picking up some side jobs while uh, taking care, and one of the side jobs that I uh, started doing was working with the company that was educating people how to cook in a healthy way. So I just continued being with them, eventually becoming also office manager and uh, trainer in the company. So I've been doing this again, searching more and learning more about healthy eating, healthy cooking, how food is affecting your body, because, you know, let's face it, what we eat is what we have to live on. So, um, I've been doing all this research and um, I was looking for ways to become more effective because uh, obviously none of us were built or were born as public speakers or some people who can speak in front of the crowds and, and be listened to. So I started taking classes and educate myself how to become a public speaker. And while I was training there, uh, I met with people who were kind of like, everybody, when you're training for public speaking, you have a topic that you want to talk about. 
And when they learn about what I want to talk about and basically feeding your body and why I'm interested. So I had to tell my family history, how I become this cooking expert. And um, well, it's actually not exactly cooking expert, but person who knows how to cook to preserve maximum of nutrients in your food. That's who I. So um, they were like, you know, your story is so powerful. You can help so many people if you will be talking to them directly about this. And that's when it started. That was the seed that was planted. And then um, Corona happened. Quarantine happened. I become, I was already thinking about it and I was already crafting the, you know, the program that I will be teaching people. And then when we all got stuck in front of our computers, thank God for that. I was attending so many seminars, conferences, webinars, everything. I worn out my chair. My chair that I'm sitting on has no cushion anymore. I'm sitting on flat, hard surface there. But um, that helped me actually to shape up exactly what I want to do. And that's when... Uh, my company, Smart Move 360, was born, and uh, I started working as a, you know, health strategist and helping people to first just speaking to them. And now I have a course, so I could not only speak on the conferences on on single single events, but I have the course that is going on where people can uh, listen to and 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 participate in the program. Excellent. So your course and what you do, is it specifically with people who have diabetes or just anybody who wants to learn how to eat healthier and cook healthier? The course is specifically for recently diagnosed with diabetes type 2. So it's a very narrowed down to this. But the reason for it is that diabetes this is another pandemic that goes around the world. It's quiet, but it's there. We have only in the United States, we have like 80 million people diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. And there is even more people. No, not 80. I'm lying. I'm lying. It's 30, 30 millions and 80 that are pre-diabetic. And 90% of those 80 don't have a clue that they are pre-diabetic. So we have daily so many more people right now being diagnosed. And because the information overload, when you go on the internet and you Google diabetes, you will get so much information that without extra education, it's very hard to navigate through. And when it falls on a person who is already devastated by the diagnosis, it sounds so scary that they really don't know what to do. They need help. And uh, help is not necessarily available right away because you could start focusing on something, on one something, but talking about wellness, Wellness is very harmonic condition when everything is taken care of. And uh, so when they start focusing only on, say, I don't eat any more sugars, 
but what about the rest of what you put in your mouth? This is something, but how do you eat? How do you cook it? Do you have enough sleep? Do you exercise? This is all this is important. And people don't always realize that. So I am offering the program that is for those people, basically bridging the gap between the doctor's office and the rest of your life. Uh, so helping to kind of like catch your breath and realize what is what the diabetes is. What are you talking about? What is this sugar in your blood? How do you measure it? Why do you measure it? Was it what are the other terms? I don't understand because a lot of times it's a shock. You go to the doctor's office because you didn't sleep for three months already. You lost a lot of weight and you don't know what is going on with you. You're afraid that you have cancer, but hey, you don't have cancer. You have diabetes. It's a shock. People don't know what to do with that. And that's when I am, that's why I'm offering this help because you know, diabetes is a lifestyle disease. It's avoidable and it's not curable, but it's controllable. Everybody can take control over it. Well, almost everybody. 95% of people can control can control their diabetes with proper tools. And I am offering the basic education so they can learn about what is available, what they have, what is available, and make already educated choices which path they would like to go. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you have taken on this role to help people because there are no resources, you're right, to or few resources to bridge the gap from when they're at the doctor's office getting this diagnosis And I just recently came across a statistic that said one in two. So half of Americans are either insulin resistant, pre-diabetic or diabetic type two. And that means that even if they're insulin resistant, which is the earliest phase of that, that journey, they're unable to manage their blood sugars well. And half of Americans are in that camp. Somehow we have to make changes. But when you do get that diagnosis, sometimes I know here in California, there are a few diabetic education centers, but in my opinion, they're giving them the wrong education and the wrong tools. And I love how you are bringing in all the aspects. It's not just the food but you're talking about what's the proper exercise for that person because it's not necessarily going to the gym for three hours that can be taxing on the body and then sleep. Sleep is important in regulating our blood sugars too. So taking on that role to help people manage and including their family in it too. How does your family now get involved with this and how can we change this? so that the future generations don't have to go through this diagnosis as well. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And you absolutely correct. There are centers uh, and some doctor's offices have the um, special education. Um, But unfortunately, uh, in most cases, this is like 30 minutes consultation. You've got your consultation. You're already kind of like overwhelmed. 
a lot of information goes over your head. So you really don't remember what it was there. Uh, all I remember that I have to poke my finger now every day and several times a day. And that's just by itself uh, is overwhelming. And uh, I also spoke with doctors who are saying that they feel guilty releasing people from the from the hospital mm -hmm. with the diagnosis, knowing that right now they're in such shorthanded that they don't have capability to educate and doctors don't have time to speak with everyone on the longer terms anyway. It's nurses who are helping, but even nurses, nurse, nurses are even in a more demand right now than the doctors and uh, a lot of hospitals had to cancel their, or at least, postpone their diabetic education programs because of the uh, shortens of, of staff. So that's that's the another thing that uh, I hear from from medical professionals. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it is very unfortunate that so many people are affected or afflicted with this disease. And you're right, it's a lifestyle disease. They didn't have to get there in the first place, but now if they are diagnosed with it, where do you go from there? And the medical community is just so stretched right now, especially during this pandemic, that even if they did have an educational program, you're right, they've had to wipe a lot of those out. Oh, well, I'm so grateful that you are doing what you're doing, Irina, because it's so needed. And I hope that you can just scale and grow this to include more people who are educated on this topic and can help more and more people out there. So as we begin to wrap up, I do have a final few questions for you. So if you could text one tip to everyone on the planet on how to be well, what would it be? Well, I was thinking about this question. I, you, you warned me about it. Thank you for that. And they both, I have two answers and they both are pretty much about the same thing. What happened already happened. You have no control over what has happened. Stop grieving what you had. Start celebrating the opportunities that you have now in front of you. There are many explanations to it, but it's kind of like in a short, don't focus on what is already in the past. You live now and you look to the future. That's beautiful. Thank what you. is your favorite book? Well, right now, unfortunately, spending so much time on internet and right now i have my new facebook group and it's i see requests to join the group and i am also giving a little welcome gift to people when they join so emailing all that it takes so much time for me now but one of the books that i do like to come back over and over again is it's called you inc it's the art of selling yourself it's by harry beckwith and christine clifford beckwith um is you yeah and uh, this is um, this is a great book that is talking with the sense of humor about the way how we live because basically the art of selling yourself you always we always are trying to negotiate 
when we were kids, we were negotiating for extra five minutes before they go. To, we have to go to bed or for extra candy to have. And then later we neg negotiate with our friends about what movie we'll be watching when we go to the movie or which household we'll be gathering. Or later on, we are already negotiating with our partners about other aspects of our life. Everything could be done in a very elegant way. And this book is giving a lot of examples how it could be done. I, I, I like to learn from others. Uh, I mean, I'm making my mistakes, but I'm also picking up from the different challenges that other people had and uh, were able to fix it. I like that. I've never heard of that book. I'll have to look into it, especially if it comes from a humorous standpoint that excites me. Well, the Christine Clifford Beckwith, she is a, she, you see, I, I'll show you one more time. She is the, she's a speaker and uh, she had cancer, several occurrences, and she speaks about survival and she speaks about uh, business and she has great sense of humor. So it's not a comedy. But those little things that she embeds into here and there in her in her stories, they're very, to me, very tasteful and very, you know, interesting. I love it. So I have a little surprise. I have a quick lightning round of questions that I would just love for you to answer whatever comes first into your head. Are you ready? Should. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Shish kebabs. Hmm. That is a very new answer on this podcast. I like Mediterranean food and I like their shish kebabs, especially lamb shish kebabs. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, delicious. What is your favorite exercise? Exercise, I'm walking. Every morning I'm walking. I'm walking and making videos of it. So on my Facebook page, it's there every morning. But I also play tennis and ski and bike and do all that. That's my favorite. also love them, but as regular exercise as walking. That's right. You talked about you were a competitive cross-country skier, which I've done once in my life. <laughs> and I'm a downhill skier, so I prefer the downhill. It takes a lot less effort. Me too. Right now, me too. And uh, I love both. I love snow, but uh, I live in Atlanta. So imagine, imagine how often I have to ski. <laughs> right. <laughs> what inspires you, Arena? Well, I actually find inspiration when... I see other people getting what they want, what they're desired to receive, you know, when they work hard and they get results, when they overcome the obstacles, when they um, achieve some results that everybody was telling that this is impossible. When I see that, when I hear these stories, this inspires me to just do what I am doing. Fantastic. And the last question, what is your biggest indulgence or guilty pleasure? 
<laughs> well, I do like chocolates. And uh, that's one of them. I, you know, there are some things like that. I believe that is the most common answer to that question. Yeah. Well, Arena, I want to tell you, I am grateful for you joining me today. I've had such a good time learning more about what you do and just how powerful it is and how much we need it right now. Go ahead and share with the audience how they can connect with you. So um, it's kind of easy to connect with me because everywhere I am, uh, there are just two different ways to look at. It's either Irina Strunina, which is Facebook, LinkedIn, Clubhouse. I'm very poorly, in, uh, how to say, um, I don't have much presence on Instagram, but um Irina Struina, I think you will have somewhere in the notes the yeah. how to spell it. And uh, also my company, Smart Move 360. It's all one word. And again, I have on a Facebook uh, page of, with, with that. Well, there is one more. Diabetes 101 for Beginners. This is the name of my program. And this is the name of my group. And this is the group that right now is taking most of my time because so many people right now asking to join the group. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that people are jumping in to your Diabetes 101 for Beginners, and that's a perfect name. So again, Irina, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything that you would want to leave the audience with before we hop off? Well, I'm always finishing up my morning talks with keep moving. Don't slow down or if you have to slow down don't sit there for too long the water doesn't run under the laying rock if you want life to continue and happening for you you keep moving too beautiful thank you so much arena thank you charlene all right we will cut right there that was great and you already i when i'm editing these podcasts I um, go through and listen to what I name each episode and I already wrote it down in here. It's going to be so easy for me. You called it diabetes. It's a team sport. So that is the name of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it is, and it is. And, uh, you know, the, the more you learn about it, even if you don't have a family, even if you're just living by yourself, it's so much easier if you have a community where you could share your experiences. Um, there are strong people out there who can do everything on their own. They don't need help. They could do that. But majority of us, are, we need a company. And it's not a pity party. It's kind of like supporting each other, sharing the discoveries, different things that you know can help others. And that's what I believe any kind of disease and diabetes, especially because it's a lifestyle disease. You need a team and you can turn it around. And I'm going to use that clip as a teaser. (laughs) (laughs) So you're just, you have all the nuggets. I love it. Thank you. All right. Well, I need to hop off in a couple minutes to head on to my next task before my last few patients, but this was wonderful. And now 
it's probably dinner time where you are. So I hope you. Well, I actually had dinner before we started because right now I have a um, a club in Clubhouse to attend. So okay, well enjoy, <laughs> have fun on Clubhouse. All right, thank you very much, Charlene, and uh, it was very nice time I had today. Thank you. Good, and so I'll send you all the info when the podcast is um, up on the second of April. Excellent. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking this journey with me today. Your health and wellness are important to me. It's also important to me to spread wellness across the globe. I'd love for you to do three things right now to help me accomplish my mission. First, I'd love for you to leave a five-star review with a comment and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Second, Head on over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and follow me at EWC Health. And last, jump on over to EmpireWellnessCenter.com slash podcast and click on the link to book your free wellness assessment with me. Let's get a 30-minute call on the schedule to look at your history and find the solutions that work best for you. That's EmpireWellnessCenter.com slash podcast. And if no one has told you today, you are amazing. You are loved and your possibilities are infinite. Whether it's improving your internal, physical, or mental health, we have more tools to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. Be sure to visit us at empirewellnesscenter.com for more ways to connect with Charlene. There you'll find ways to educate, improve, empower, inspire, and grow. That's all available on EmpireWellnessCenter.com.